You're listening to Transplaner RPG, an all-transgender, people-of-color-led, dark-fantasy actual play channel set in an original non-colonial, anti-orientalist multiverse. The Chaos Protocol is our second main campaign and stars Valiant Dorian, Kai Kay, and Sam Starr as players, with C. Thomas as the producer and Connie Chong as the game master. Transplaner RPG is sponsored by Explain Trade, a negotiation skills training consultancy whose director, Dimitri Opines, has asked us to say, and I quote, Please sign up for Transplaner's Patreon, because at some point people will figure out he's a cisgender white guy failing upward, and then he'll be too broke to sponsor us. We love you, Dimitri, and thank you so much for supporting our work. Content warnings for this episode include possession, fantasy violence, heights, flying, falling, guns as weaponry, visions, hallucinations, complex and complicated relationships, romance, flirting, and references to fire, immolation, birth, imprisonment, and memory loss. Arc 1, Episode 25 Brother Heed Me From Self-Eulogy of a Martyr by Connie Chong Before the fire, before the ash, before the oil welled up from thrash, there were two gods, two dragons, two lords, a king of tempest and a witch of storm. The sister was strong, brave, merciless, lean. The brother was exactly the same, but twice as forgiving. Three centuries passed with siblings at test, the sister who cursed, the brother who blessed. The rains of the wild sea, the storms and the winds were forged by their breath, were bent by their whim. Eight generations of new heart-made scions ensured they'd have worthy causes to die on. Through cycles of death, change, and rebirth, the siblings found solace from last gasp until first. The king of the storm saw his sister strike true when the princess rode down under skies of dark blue. The test was embarked, the challenge well done, the last trial of heart was at last overcome. The king was elated for his sister's remaking, for within the new soul was an act of creation. Brother plunged deep to the sink and the drown, waiting for sister to reclaim her crown. As child grew up with every breath in between, the Storm Lord kept safe every sea of bright green. But then came the flame, the oil, the pain. It called itself doom. It consumed and constrained. The Tempest King rose to protect heart and home, but the enemy was quick. It was vile and slick. The Flame Baron bore down with fire and gas. The Pale Man bound him in chains made of ash. His soul was subsumed, not killed, but imprisoned. From the depths of this burnt cinder grave now arisen, a beast born from sorrow, oil, and flame. A beast who has long since forgotten its name. 
The ashen leviathan towers in the mist of the old growth wood. Dozens of tails thrash like serpents with missing heads, spewing ash and dust and grime over the emerald tides of the verdant sea. A smoldering hole in Storm Chaser's deck is all that indicates Seir. Lumira, Sing, and Suhyon, the three of you stagger aboard the Broadwood slats while Zainan continues pressing the Outrider around the circumference of this fight, an energized bullet humming in the chamber of your bolt-action rifle. In the ash-strewn skies above your heads, a bossy lets out a deep, bellowing roar astride Squall, driving her Triforodon down toward the Leviathan's head for another aerial attack. Lumira, you stagger upon Storm Chaser, which rocks with the impact of Sayer hitting the deck and smashing clear through the first level. You are also rocked with the realization that something is very, very wrong with this ashen leviathan. You glimpse Suhyon at the starboard railing, clutching the wrought iron copper banister with both hands, staring up at this leviathan and the scion, dive-bombing its eyes. Sing stands right next to you, her longsword brandished, bright pink eyes turning in shock to stare at the crack in the broadwood caused by her brother's plummeting body. In that moment, you act before Sing does. What do you do? Time for Lumira slows a bit, and she's watching everything happen in quick succession, and she's gonna look at Sing, and I think between the both of them, the look that she's giving, her eyes are wild and frantic and bouncing between the Prin and Sayer. Get him! And is like referencing to Sayer, Lumiere is going to make a beeline for the Prin. Okay. Sing's pink eyes reflect your shock. In this bullet time, you see shards of wood explode upward from Sayer's impact, flakes of ashen dust fluttering past your face, interrupting the space between the two of you. Sing clenches her jaw and nods, and you see that same moment of indecision. She's torn between going to her brother and turning and facing off against the thrashing tails of the Leviathan, which threatened to attack the ship and sink it. But seeing that you're gonna go to the Prin and handle Storm Chaser, she nods and without another word, cuts off across the deck to that hole that Sayer's body punched through the ground. And now we focus back on you as you rush to Suhyon. Their fingers are tight, white knuckled over the starboard railing. Their eyes are shining like they always do when they're receiving a vision of some kind, pure blue light shooting out like a flashlight penetrating through cloth. And they're shaking a little bit, but their grip on the railing is firm and they're muttering something underneath their breath, but you can't quite catch it. It's in a language I don't know that you understand. What do you do? For a second, Lumira's focus is still split between Sing and Sayer and the Prin. And as she's running to the Prin, I think she ends up calling out over her shoulder back to Sing, bring him to me if you need me to and makes it directly towards the Prin. What she wants to do is grab him, come up at the top of the ship where they're sitting at, and take them 
to the medical bay, it should be solidified and able to take some types of, of impact. But we have to protect them and then we can handle everything else out there. Yes, you gently pry the prince's fingers off of the banister and you get a few jolts of static electricity. This entire ship is a conduit for lightning. And the Leviathan's heart that serves as its engine is pumping really quickly in its attempt to aid you in your escape from the situation. You pry the print off and as you do, their words begin to make sense. They're no longer garbled together. They start to form coherent sentences. The Tempest King, no, Lord, no. It's- What do you see? Brother, sister, I, I, and their eyes continue to shine, but now the light is flickering as they're losing this connection from the Ashen Leviathan that they've formed as you are dragging them to safety. But they're still kind of babbling to themselves. I'm gonna grip their hand tighter, kind of like loop my arm around them and bring them in closer to me. I'm trying to make sense of what it is that they're saying but also trying to quickly usher them to safety as well too. Yeah, you are able to find your footing amidst this rocking ship as these tails thrash all around you. I need you to make a roll to defend both yourself and the Prin from harm on your way to the med bay. So that's either gonna be grace, iron, or teeth as the edge. Iron as the edge and okay. can I use brace as my skill? Yes, you can. Roll for it. I'm going to cut one for difficulty. I would say no, but I think with a lot that's going on and watching Sayer crash into the ship, I'll I'll take that cut. Okay. Oh, that's really not good. Um, That's a three and a two. That's a disaster. So it's a failure and a complication. As you try to run your way to the med bay, a tail smashes down and I think hits you and the Prin, but you're able to use your body to shield them. So at the very least, you absorb the brunt of the impact, but you are going to have to mark three as this huge appendage, bam! It has the force of a barreling train and the ash cuts into your skin like it's made of shards of broken glass. As soon as the tail smashes into midship, it disperses, right? But then the pieces of ash fluttering around lace back up above you and reform into that same tendril unharmed. And the additional complication you get is even though you've shielded the Prin from the attack, you lose your grip on them and they go stumbling across the deck. So they're now past the med bay and they brace themselves against the port side railing. You're still midship. At this point, you see Singh surface out of the hole in the middle of the deck, and she has Sayer's arm thrown over her shoulders and is like pulling him out of this gap toward the med bay. There's a moment as she freezes, looking between you, who's winded and hurt, and the Prin on the other side. What look do you give her to tell her who to help? Are you asking her to help you? Or are you like using your eyes and or your words to tell her, go help the Prin, I'll be okay? The latter. I tell them to go help the print. I'll be fine. Mm. Do you say that out loud or is it just with your eyes? I think it's with my eyes. Lumira locks eyes with Sing and her eyes go from wild and frantic 
to steeled and centered and they lock directly on her. And I think Singh recognizes that focus in Lumira's gaze when she knows that there's a mission that has to be done. There is a moment of tornness as Singh standing literally midship, the med bay feet away from her, you to her left, the prin to her right. She sees your eyes flicking towards Suhyeon. Help them, I'll be okay. And then you see her shake her head. And she mutters under her breath, no, both. And she makes a gesture with her right hand and we see a uh, pure translucent pink disc lace into existence behind the prin and shove them toward the med bay, pushing them to safety as at the same time a disc whisks open behind you and shoves you into her arms. She holds you with her free right arm, her left one supporting Sengir, and brings you both to the safety of the med bay. We cut across the swirling ash and the thrashing waves of these bare branches to now find Zynan. Storm Chaser's Outrider gutters between your legs, its voltaic runners humming with electric muscle. The rifle is heavier than usual in your hands, but also lighter, like there's a buoyant currency inside it, lifting the barrel, guiding your aim. The ghost of your parent is washed away by a howling gale, torn back into the ash that billows around you like a dust storm. But their presence, the memory of their presence, lingers always. What do you do? The whipping ash doesn't seem to phase him because he's already in the dust storm, standing, watching what was grass underneath a beautiful tree, staring almost blankly at it. And instead he is looking with his piercing eyes towards the roiling Leviathan. He feels Ija's presence leave, like they had just been sitting over his shoulder, like when he was a kid and they were still teaching him to keep his elbow up. And he feels something unfamiliar rise in him, a reminder. The ash is just like the dust. And he says the words out loud that have been sitting with him the whole time we've been in the wild sea, dust to dust. And he is going to speak aloud a whisper as he aims the rifle at the Leviathan and shoots Isha's bullet. Fuck yes, I love it. Our first whisper spoken out loud. These words as they spill out of your lips thrum with arconautical power. You are drawing upon the latent magic that suffuses the wild sea itself, bending your own will, your ghosts, your memories, the grave dirt of everyone you've ever known, loved, and lost, spilling it out like an open wound into reality. What does it look like as the bullet escapes your chamber? It should just be black powder, but out from the end of the rifle, is a white cloud of salt. The salt, as the bullet punches out, glowing like a falling star, repelling its way upward toward the thrashing central body of the Ashen Leviathan. Your aim will be true. I need you to roll to shoot. And are you trying primarily to fell this beast? 
or to protect the people around you with this shot. Oh, he is trying to get this giant creature away from Storm Chaser. His entire world is on it. Okay, then you get to add King Maswu's blessing to your roll. That is a plus 3d6 to whatever you choose. The edge is either going to be grace, iron, or teeth. Can I pitch? Because we are using also the whisper and because of all of the ghost things, tides. Ooh, yes. You know what? I love that. Use tides as the edge. And what skill are you bringing in? Oh, we're hunting. My Ema taught me to do one thing. Yes, add a plus one from your rifle and add a plus one from the whisper and add plus three <laughs> from the blessing. How many dice is that total? Uh, eight. Go for it. Roll them bones. Well, it's a uh, one, two, three twists and three sixes. <laughs> okay, so that's a triumph with a twist. Where are you trying to shoot this Leviathan? In the eye, in the skull, in the neck, in the body, somewhere else? I think as he's watching it kind of dissipate and reappear, he's trying to keep an eye on something that's solid. And given that I don't think anyone's really landed a blow on the head, even if the head isn't able to dissipate and recorporate, I think he just decides, okay, well, at least most creatures have to think with their head. So I'm gonna shoot that. Yes. The bullet skewers through the air in perfect timing to Abasi and Squall diving down and causing the central head of the Leviathan to twist and look down and lunge with its open, dusty mouth toward the Triforodon and his rider. Abasi has opened up this golden opportunity for you, and you have the skill to take advantage of it. The bullet punches into the side of the Ashen Leviathan's head, and we see it come out of the other side and lodge itself somewhere into the rustling waves, lost for now. And we see the Leviathan freeze. Its head doesn't discorporate, but there is a smoking hole in the side of its temple with a cloud of not ash, not dust, but white salt pluming upward in a smoky trail. And as the Leviathan wavers there, stunned by this blow, temporarily immobilized, the waves around all of you rustle in a way none of you have ever heard before. They sound like a divine chorus whispering. The leaves are singing, the ash-dappled thorns are quivering underneath Storm Chaser, humming at a resonance only the gods can hear. The wild sea itself is singing, murmuring, humming in anticipation. And then, like curtains rising upon a dusty stage, the ash that billows around the Leviathan parts. And springing onto the scene, rocketing out of nowhere, is a woman. Princess Hylian Armagen. What do you look like? And how do you make yourself known in the midst of this heated battle? I am average height, I would say. So like 
five five. I'm told that's average. I'm told before I've made people too tall. So like five five. I have this like curly hair up in like a top bun, dressed in like greens, blues, golds. This like really pretty gold eyeshadow. These very fine manicured claw-like nails, except for the pointer and middle finger, are dulled. In every person's heart, soul, the back of your spine, like you know Armagen is here. The Wild Sea tells you Armagen is here. And I look at the scene before me and I shout out loud enough for everyone to hear, well, it would seem you all need a bit of help. Don't worry, I'll handle this. Who are you? <laughs> I'm the wind on the sea. I'm the wave of the sea. I'm the bull of seven battles and the eagle on the rock. Flash from the sun, the most beautiful of all plants. Stronger than a wild boar, stronger than the salmon in the water. I'm the lake in the plain, and I am the world of knowledge. I am the head of the spear in battle, and I am the god that puts fire in the head. You ask who I am, who tells the ages of the moon, who tells the place where the sun can rest. You may call me Amagen. Wait. And before you can Uh. even (laughs) answer... (laughs) Armagen looks to this thing. Oh, pitiful fallen creature. What have they done to you? And sees this like salt coming out. Well, to whoever made that, thank you for the target. I'm going to fully, like, as these tails are thrashing, like, grab a tail and start running towards this thing on its own tail. <laughs> yeah. I also need to make it clear that Armagen appeared wave walking. She is straight up barefoot, just like walking on the branches, has arrived on the scene. No ship, no boat, no outrider, nothing. And now the final scion of the Wild Sea, Princess Hylian Armagen of Heart, grabs onto a tail. Tell me, Austin, are you running up it or are you letting the tail like ascend you as it thrashes upward? I think as it's thrashing, I grab and it like pulls up and at the peak of it like pulling up, I just drop and I'm just going to free fall onto this thing. Yes, you are flung upward into the skies. You see a horizon of blue blanketed by this thick, smoky ash and you begin to dive downward to that smoking hole created by a ghostly bullet. How do you drive your force against the skull of the Ashen Leviathan? What does it look like? I am free falling and I like come into almost like a crouch position in the air and I hold my hands to the side as if I have a spear and I have no weapon. And to no one and everyone, Amarjan says, your princess calls on you, Wild Sea. Lend me your power. And you feel like your hair stand up as like, like all at once this like, electrical energy forms in Armagen's hands this like lightning spear and I'm just gonna drive it right into that smoking hole. Yes, there's a flash of lightning, a poof of thunder and an electric javelin appears in your empty hand and you punch downward through the hole and knock this weapon clear through the other side of the Leviathan's skull. Where do you land? 
I'm like near its chest. Like the most the most chest region you would think. Okay. Talking talking like into it, like holding on to this thing. I do not know what they did to you. But rest now. Rejoin the sea. And when it is time to return, I'll make sure you are whole. And with that, the ash explodes. It crackles. It pops. It bursts open all around you like white gray fireworks. A final expulsion of dust settles onto the leaves all around you, painting the undulating waves with washed out grist. Storm Chaser's broadwood decks are now dusted with a thin film of bony pollen. The ship rocks from side to side as the Leviathan's central body plunges back down into the sink and the drown, fleeing. What few tables and chairs remain on Storm Chaser's deck are flung from side to side as Storm Chaser trembles with the beast's egress. And as the tumult of the fight dies down alongside all this falling ash, we now pull in on your party. Starting with Lumira. You are under the awning of the med bay. Sayir has been laid down onto a care table, and the prin is sat on a stool with a blanket wrapped around their shoulders, courtesy of Sing. What do you do? Lumira immediately gets to work. She wanted to call to Abasi and tell her, hey, uh, think your nemesis is here but she has a job to do Sayer's not responding to her so she's tunnel vision focused on patching him up I think for a second she stops and places her head to his chest she can't find a pulse in his wrist so she's listening in to his chest trying to find the semblance of a heartbeat of breathing and her eyes are clenched shut her teeth are grit and she's desperately trying to to find something some semblance of life it's faint but you hear it Sayer's heartbeat going and his breath you feel it against the side of your cheek a little faint, a little weak, but still very much there and stable. Sayer is very much unconscious, but also very much alive. Sing right next to you, you can feel her body heat. You can smell her cherry blossoms and candle and fate. And she goes, is he okay? Sing, he's fine, I can hear <sighs> it. And I just start rattling off different things that I need her and the print to grab for me in the med bay as I attempt to. Because I know medical words. <laughs> Insert them oh, here. Good. Thank the precepts. Yes, gauze, medicine. I'll go get it. Uh, Sukion, you sit right here. And Sing's gonna bustle around the med bay, rifling through the cabinets, pulling things out with mathematical precision as you rattle them out, falling back into a familiar cadence from when the two of you trained together as children, and you would name herbs and medicinal plants, and she would identify them for you. 
we pan across the decks to find the Outrider, guttering on top of bare branches. Zynan, what do you do as the ash settles down? And Armorgen also, I think, lifts down onto a bare, exposed root. Zynan very skeptically takes in Armorgen, tips his hat. Your Majesty, can I invite you on board? <laughs> Certainly. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, your mother's ship. Yes, very. It took you all long enough. I'll give me some money. Uh, right then. Uh, right this way, uh, princess. Of course. And Zainan just whips this Voltaic Outrider around back to the bow to try and get it all docked back in. Yeah, you're able to dock yourself back by the prow of the ship. Amarjun, you easily and gracefully and organically wave walk your way to the side of this ship. And as though obeying your command, these bare roots and branches lift up underneath your feet to deposit you over the banister and onto the deck. I told him thank you. Yeah, and you hear like a groaning of bark and a twisting of a leaf in the wind as they say you're welcome. And the old growth wood sinks back down underneath the voltaic runners of Storm Chaser. The Prin <laughs> is still reeling under the awning of the Med Bay, but their eyes are now only momentarily sparking with bright light. They seem to be coming back to their senses, coming back to the present. The vision that they got is now leaving them. And you see them shaking their head once rather tightly, and they mutter, Ummer. And then coming down from the sky is a great big fast shadow as Squall the Triforodon dive bombs his way down from the stratosphere and at the last moment pulls up like a paraglider and the wings fan out on either side, feathers ruffling. And as he skirts his way all the way to the rear of the ship, Abasi jumps down off of Squall, off of this moving vehicle, and shouts ah! Ah! as she pounds herself down onto the deck. Amergen! Amergen, where the where, you where the hell have you been? Well, many places. But I'm sure what you mean to ask is what I've been doing, which I'll tell you now. And the story of what exactly the hell Amergen has been doing is told. This episode was edited by Marissa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions. Our original intro theme music is by Jonathan Charles. Transplaner RPG is supported by our incredible Patreon precepts. Folks pledge to our highest tier on Patreon. A massive thank you to Charles, Cora Eckert, Chiacres, Lex Slater, Scruffesis, Hat, Alex, Mark J, Lyle and Peanut, Spencer, Brooke in Seattle, Derek Davidson, Phil, Jordan, Cassidy, and Rose. Pledge to our Patreon today for as little as $3 a month to unlock exclusive news, character sheets, GM notes, and even the chance for your tabletop OC to cameo in our show. Until next time, Transplay Nerds! <laughs>